I'm Brent Ruff. And I'm Josh Teifke. Today, we sat down with Josh Wagner out of JW Whitetail Farm in White Pigeon and basically went over the whole captive deer industry process as a whole. There's a lot more that goes into it than what people think. He's one of the guys that breeds these deer that you see at these high fence operations where you pay a ridiculous amount of money to shoot a ridiculously large animal. We got into everything as far as the disease in the industry, the breeding of the industry, whether you're raising them for selling or just mating, there's everything in this podcast. Without further ado, please give it up for our friend Josh Wagner. Dude, it was it was wild. Um, my grandpa always had this kind of harebrained idea that he wanted to raise buffalo, mm-hmm. and like they're big. You know what I mean? Like From buffalo to whitetail. It was just we didn't even have the whitetail idea before the buffalo. It was just something he always. It's always crops. It was crops. It was a so it started. Let me let me back up. Started in the in the 30s as a dairy, and my great grandpa started as a dairy farm, and then um, got out of the dairy in the 80s, and it turned into the crops from the 80s to current. And uh, I was born in the late 80s, so I didn't really get to see any of the livestock part of it. You know, I just grew up in the crops and never seen the animals. Hell, I love animals. You know, it was always a thing. Um, my family, they don't hunt. My grandpa, he's never hunted. My dad's never hunted. It's something they've just never really wanted to do. They've always just been crops, you know, and farm and work. And uh, he always had this idea that he wanted to raise buffalo. And I always heard this growing up, and I was like, man, buffalo are cool. You know, I always see them, like, right. out in Yellowstone. You know, it's like you right. see them yeah, out yeah. in the mountains, and it's like, dude, they're big. And um, he always had this idea. You know, it was always something that it wasn't, if it, you know, if it's available, it's not like, right. oh, that's crazy. You know, it was always if something, you know. So real weird we had some equipment for sale and uh, some farm equipment for sale and the guy who had purchased uh, the the, equi- the equipment was uh, a deer farmer in ohio and when he had come up and got the equipment him and my grandpa just started chit-chatting and oh hey that's hmm. possible oh hey okay a couple of days went by and uh he's like hey what do you think about raising some deer and i'm like all right i'm a deer hunter you know and i'm like hell i sure that's you know uh i'm 30 some years old i got 30 some years to go you know some security for me in the long run and um you know hell grandpa he's 85 he's not going to be here forever so mm-hmm. yeah let's do something sure knew that it took license knew that it took property knew that it took fencing knew that it took all this stuff you know so it was like nothing happened overnight but it was like yeah let's take the ball and kind of run with it and see where we go and uh we're three years deep, so it's it's a lot of fun. It's uh, it, it took yeah, it took some work, you know. It took some work as to you know getting the license, finding the spot. Um, the spot that we had picked out had had a wheat crop on it, you know. So you got to wait for the crops to get off. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, wait for the you're on the fence guy's schedule now, you know, because you can't just call him and he'll be here tomorrow. You know, he's got a lot right. too. You know, so now you're on his schedule trying to get into the DNR to get them to come down. You know, now you're on their schedule. So it was just, man, it was a slow uphill. And then as soon as we got there, like I just kept telling my my family, let's let's keep taking the slow steps down. You know, let's not slip down these stairs and be ass over apple cart, you know, before we're even in this game. You know, let's do our research. Let's find good stock. Let's find a good fence guy. Mm-hmm. Let's find a good spot, you know, a, a stress-free spot. Let's not put them right next to the road or right next to the highway or next to the equipment or, you know, it, it took research if you really want to, I mean, just like any business, whatever you put into it, you'll get out of it, you know, right. hopefully. And, and just, uh, like I said, fourth generation farmer, we just, you know, bust well, ass. It's always, it's just been boy you know i've been bred to just work and work and work so. right so the the license i didn't, I didn't mean to interrupt you but just curious like how much did that cost to to get all that right um i don't really know off the top of my head it, i knew it was um i think it was just um 1200 just a couple thousand just something like that and it's a one-time deal no you have it's a one-time it's a one-time deal but you have to renew it every three years which just you know reinspection just uh 
But the cost, you don't got to come out. No, the cost is just one time. But, you know, you got to you gotta follow their rules, which it's it's not hard to do. Um, a lot of the guys don't, you know. A lot of the guys don't follow the rules. A lot of guys get in trouble. A lot of guys don't. Well, for Not st- a lot. You know, let me rephrase that. Not a lot. But, you know, there's always – there's outlaws and, you know, in anything. You know? So right. So there's, there's people that's not going to – People cutting corners. Yeah, not going to follow the rules. And there's people that, you know, ruin it for a handful of other guys that – don't do the blood test work, and then they can't sell their deer to this guy who's, you know, accredited really high and because his deer aren't that good. You know, it's just. So that was my next question. Like, so you guys are breeding deer to sell to, like, high fence operations like Legends up there? And yeah, Hightley? Legends, yeah. So um, there's big ballers in the breeding game, you know, South Texas, Texas, uh, Michigan. Michigan is a closed border. So when I say closed border is the buying and selling of live animals can't go out of the state of Michigan just because of the CWD and the TB, the tuberculosis. Mm-hmm. Until they get all that stuff dialed in, live animal sales are closed border to Michigan only. So, yeah, um, to at the end of the day, you know, I got a good friend of mine in the deer industry that says, you know, our job is to raise them up and at the end of the day get them in front of a bullet. You know, we, we just got to keep them healthy, get the racks grown out. And if they don't make a breeder, they're going off to the ranch. You know, there's it's just bottom line. It is what it is. Just just like a dairy farmer, just like, you know, you're raising beef cattle. If you got guys that don't make it. Right. They're, you know, it's out. You know, it's, it's going what? to the slaughter or something. You know, that's not necessarily the case. But, yeah, even breeders. I mean, Robert up at Legends, if. Anything's for sale, man. What you know, quantifies any, a breeder versus size, a shooter? Size, you know, really the size, the uh, the inches, um, the look, what people are looking for. You know, it could be a breeder, but at the same time, if this is something that I got on my farm and it's just the most spectacular thing in the world, at the end of the day, it's got a price tag on it. And mm-hmm. Robert from Legends comes down and he's like, hey, man, I got somebody that wants to hunt that deer here's what I'll give you for that deer. When one door closes, one door opens, you know? So right. it's, you, you got to kind of, that's, that's what the business is, is you can't, you can't keep them all pets at the end of the day. You know? Right. So it's. How much, are, how much are we talking for a deer? Like, man, it like depends. Like booner status, you know? You know, it really depends. It depends they're, on. They're uh, all booners on his farm, Brent. Have you <laughs> seen these? Yeah. <laughs> I'm looking I mean, at the shed right there. My yeah. goodness. And that's just a two-year-old. I mean, that's just that's just a, that's a that's a my God. Yeah, that's a two year old. So it's it's an August cut, which it looks goofy because it was still velvet. So it wasn't um, calcified. So it was still velvet. I had to boil it. But yeah, it was just uh, going to be a, a chew toy for a dog. And I was like, um, I'll hang on to that. It's kind of unique. So I boiled it off. And yeah, that's just a two year old. <laughs> You're going to use that as a chew toy? Yeah. So yep. I don't like I keep jumping around, but I'm just like, how do you get a deer to produce antlers like that man it's all genetics all bloodline you know just like high dollar race horses okay all the same just no different than a high dollar race horse that just won the triple crown to the horse that sally's got out in her pen next door you know there's a difference the mm-hmm. different genetics between you know the horse that's just eating hay all day compared to the horse that whooping ass on the on the racetrack right. same thing it's the bloodlines i mean it's just the proven production you breed the proven production you get good you get good does that are dropping those bucks you know it, it all starts with a, a really good doe herd if you don't have a good does you're not going to have fawns that hit the ground well I was gonna, so, are, so is the doe just as important than it's actually the sire it, you know it's actually more important there's a there's a saying in the deer industry it's it's more or less who's your mama not who's your daddy and i always i always was like oh okay but it's not it's not science the the doe carries that that fawn for 200 days mm-hmm. you know the the buck is in there for a minute or two and he's gone He's right. got, he's got the making me the, feel better about myself. <laughs> yeah, he's got the he's got the power to reproduce, but also she's carrying that fawn for so long and passing on about 80, 75 to eighty percent of the genetics come from that doe fawn. So it's, from the doe, not the fawn. From the doe, from the mother, passed on to that fawn about seventy five to eighty percent 
genetics come from the so not only the health of the doe but also her genetics so she's like she's way more important yeah she's got to be yeah if she's a1 and you breed her to another a1 i mean that's that's the whole thing is in this deer industry it's all a lot of it is controlled breeding and what i what i mean by that is artificial insemination so we're buying semen from South Texas. You know, these farms here in, in Texas that just have these monstrous, you know, and, and a reminder that these farms have 150 to 200 deer. And they're just, you know, they got six or seven that are outstanding. So that just shows you that it takes a lot, mm-hmm. you know, to have a few standouts. But, um, you know, with the controlled breeding side is we're able to buy these these straws of semen from Texas that are outstanding or northern Michigan that are outstanding and breed them with, you know, some of the outstanding does that we have. And then you, you know, then you're able to have that larger than life. What are the typical, yeah, yeah, that's crazy, right. man. What are the chances of something like that happening in the wild where you get one outstanding buck and one outstanding doe that happen to get together you know what happens and we we see it a lot in the wild is i mean are you got you a deer hunter oh yeah deer hunter oh so i mean we all see it yeah Yeah, we all see it that you know it's it's uh you'll get that one young year and a half eight point on camera that it's like whoa he's yeah i never see three already and you know he's i never see 280 inch two-year-olds oh no you never will no but yeah, it, it's it, a lot of the people are, you know, what are you feeding them? What are you doing this? And what are you doing that? And it's, uh, we're feeding them a good feed. You know, it's a 16% protein pellet with, you know, it's, it's got corn in it, got oats in it, got a, a pellet in it, got soybeans in it, um, got some molasses in it. So they're hitting their max potential with the feed too. With the low stress environment, that's the that's the biggest ideal thing is the low stress environment that he's not out there pacing that fence three hundred times because his antlers okay. are never going to grow if he's just stressed out to the max. Stressed out, burning energy doesn't have we'll never in the antler. You know, we'll never grow. He'll bust him off in the fence. Be a freak job. I mean, just he'll never grow. So the the time that you put with him, the more. Oh, hey, there's dad. He's bringing treats. He's got marshmallows in his pocket. Or, hey, I know that bucket. That's a bucket of corn. You know, they're more treat-oriented. Gets them coming to you every time. And then you're more of, then you can get the one-on-one health with them. Like, whoa. No orange like marshmallows. Yeah, Orange 06 didn't get up and come for treats today. I better go check her out. You know, it's more of that one-on-one. When you get them treat-dependent, when you get them, when they see you, they get a reward. And just like when you get home, when you got a puppy or something, you know, it's the same thing. They know mm-hmm. my voice. They know the Polaris. They know that, oh, shit, there's grain on there. We better run up there and see if we can beat them to the gate, you know. So it's it's a lot of fun. It takes the, it takes the tree stand game to the next level to be able to go in there and spend time with actual deer mm-hmm. to see how they tail wag to talk to the other one, to see their ear movements, to talk to the other one, to just see how they communicate, man. It just takes the deer, the tree stand game to the next level. Oh, I bet. You know, because then when, when you're covered up in deer, it's like, oh, that one's talking to that one. And that one keeps looking back. There's probably, you know, you just, Mm -hmm. you know, all this and it's like, lowers the heart rate, gets everything a lot calmer. It's, it just, it's a lot of fun, but yeah, it's a, it's a lot of work, but it's a lot of work because you know these are these are what what you want you know you want to right you want to grow some breeders and and uh, grow some some stocker bucks what that's what we call them is the stocker bucks that will go to the ranches and and fill up the ranches so yeah I mean when you got a you got a pen of stockers um, you got two or three breeders running around that you're collecting semen from I mean you're making money on your the bucks that are going to the ranch but then if you collect some straws and make some money on some straws you know there's there's a market for so what do you make more money on the selling of the deer or the selling of their semen really it it goes it goes both ways um if if they got the genetics i mean man just hate to keep referring to horses but like just just like them high dollar you know the proven production when when you know when when you go and you buy deer I got friends, all, all my friends are deer hunters and it's like, 
hey, let's go to a deer sale. And they're like, oh, like they run them in a pen and we see them. It's like, no, dude. How do you think a deer would act in a little circle pen and go right. nuts with 100 people around? So, like, when you buy deer, you're just looking at pedigrees. I mean, you're just looking at all these lineages, who they're bred with, maybe who they're – some of their offspring, offspring. But, you know, it's just – I mean, you're just looking at looking at genetics. That's crazy, you know, it's, it's just – and you're looking for the proven, the proven genetics and things that sell. And Here's my next question. How do you collect the semen? Uh, Questions you might want. You want to know the answer to. You know, <laughs> just like they collect bulls, you know, with with the dairy farm. A lot of the dairy farms are, um, you know, you got to have babies for mamas to have milk. So a lot of them dairy farms are ran on artificially in, inseminating, and you know, to collect the semen, it's nothing fancy. I mean, you just put them to sleep and you bring them in. The vets, the, it's all it's all done by qualified people. You know, the vets will come and. It's not the most right coolest thing to see, but he's enjoying I, it. And he right. once he wakes up, he's probably stretching out and like I had a one hell of a dream. <laughs> yeah, man, don't know what happened, but wow, I feel better. So it's more of a rub and tug, not a syringe extraction. Yeah, yeah, that's kind of disturbing. Kind of in and out deal. Huh? Yep. Well, hey, yep. <laughs> that probably yeah, that's a lot better for the deer, I would imagine. Yeah, yep. It's not <laughs> more for fun. The vet. Yeah, but you know when they're when they're uh, collecting semen on them, they of course don't have the big antlers um, by then because they're all hard horn, you know. So they they'll cut their antlers because then they'll still have the testosterone in their body. So just cut the antlers because then when they're out there pushing does around, they're not accidentally killing these does because they have these gigantic 180 you know, inches of antlers. Yeah, yeah, you know the health of the animal is the end game result. Low stress. Uh, good nutrition, it just goes to peak performance for the deer, you know, and, and for them to have peak performance is that, you know, for that to be a a 326-inch yearling, you know, he was a fawn last year. That's his first set of horns, a 326-inch yearling. He's so. showing us a picture. I mean, that is... Yeah, that's I something mean, you would see on the on the front page of a magazine, for or sure. Cover of a magazine, yep. dude. That is re- yearling, yearling, first set, and it's it's all just the pedigree. You so know? this does not happen in the wild. Never, never. No. no. Yeah, these. I mean, these deer are just larger than life. I'm gonna blame hunting pressure, the stress. All right. Yeah. Our well, yearlings don't get that big. There's too many damn hunters. Yep. Well, like my my next question is kind of a two part question for like injury, right? So like I've heard rumors of uh, deer farms taking to grow antlers like that, that non typical tree branch. They would, when they're in velvet, cut the base of the antlers with razor blades to get them to grow abnormal like that. Also, in your in your guys's farm, you probably don't have very many injuries, but that would affect the antler growth, right? If they had like a injury to their back leg or something. Yeah, yeah. So to answer the first part, I don't. I I've heard of that um, old time. You know, the I've heard of that years ago. People would mess with their antlers to get them grow all goofy. Now everything is so genetics. If you want to breed for big typicals or breed for big nasty non typicals, you're able to do that. Everything is is. Um, Without harming the animal, there's an easier way to do it. Just breed with a big nasty non-typical if that's you know if that's what you want. But at the end of the day, yeah, I'd love to see nothing but clean, squeaky clean typicals out there. But the market, right. they might not sell like that would sell. Right. You know. So, well, a 360 inch typical versus non-typical, like yeah. For sure. How? Oh boy. Yeah. yeah. That's insane. Yeah. You know, so it's You're talking it's, elk. It, it, you breed with breed with what what's selling if you you want to sell deer or do you just want to break your back feeding deer and taking care of deer? You know, or do you want it to be where you're selling and making money and gotta you know so you gotta yeah, you gotta breed with what's what's popping, what's 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 going what's what's selling for them multiple thousands you know the 20s to 30 to sixty five thousand dollars you know so now like so drop so damn two part question yes the injury to affect the antler growth is for sure a thing um usually um 
I should have brought the other side to this guy because he was. We actually had cut him in August. This was at a, a neighboring farm. I have his mom, but I don't have this actual deer. His other side was completely damaged, that just grew like two baseball bats coming out the side, which then affected his health because his his body was pushing more to grow this and and fix this screw up, which then. I mean, he was skinny and not eating as much. His his nutrition is and all his attention was going to this. So then you just cut him. You you worry about more of the healthy of the animal. We all like to see antlers. We all love antlers. But man, just like a fingernail, they'll come back. You know, worry about the the health of that animal. Cut them cut them off. Let him get back up to health so he can grow another great set next year or you know, in the following years or be, you know, be a breeder. But yeah, the injuries will affect it for sure. So like that rack right there on that skull. Yep. With that, with that weird looking brow tie. Yep. Would you just, from your experience, would you say that's something off of, off of like an injury? Cause you can tell like he had another part of that brow tie. No, I would, <clears throat> I would say that that was a, um, I would say that that was a velvet mishap. Um, I would think of it in injury. The injury would come more through like the main beam, nasty up or down. I would say that he just grew that brow time maybe a little bit lower, and just was, you know, had an oopsie when he was rubbing on a tree or something. But no, I would, I wouldn't think that would necessarily be body damage, like hoof or any kind of hit by a car or anything, anything of that nature. I would just think he. Might have just boogered that up when he was being, right. being a dink. So I scrubbing his. I took out a year and a half old this year, just down the road, mm-hmm. and it was a good way or a bad way. Well, I <laughs> with a gun. Oh, okay, good. Not with a car. <laughs> Not with a okay, truck. Good, good. Knock on wood. Yeah, done yeah, that right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But my cousin was going to pass the deer because he said it was a four corn, and then when I saw it step out, the left side of it was all like. It was only like three inches tall and clubbed out. Yep. Fucked up. Yep. So I immediately, I'm like, fuck that. I'm going to shoot it. Yeah. Yeah. And you made the right choice. Like a call buck, you know, get him right. out of there. When I gutted him, I pulled the heart and it was like jello in my hands. I couldn't hang out on the damn thing. Yep. Googled and Googled and Googled. Two, three hours later, I'm like, okay, it's an enlarged right ventricle. The heart was just like twice the size it should have been. Yep. Do you think that would be what caused that? Maybe he had no physical injury yeah, that I could find. Might have been, you know, when they're just um, in the in the summertime when they're just trying to push all their attention to the antler growth. If something's not clicking, it's just like a car that's not running on all cylinders. It still might run, but man, it sounds like crap, you know. So same with if he's not pumping on all of them, he still might grow one, but might not be worth a poop, you know. So that's all I can think of. Now, I know you're not a biologist or anything, but I'm kind of scared to eat that heart. <laughs> yeah, I would. You, you, you wouldn't? No, not well, a yellow heart. Well, it was it was firm once I washed it. It was just the outer, Did the you outer ventricle. Uh, I took the fat cap off of it. Did you eat it? No. What's it look like? Right. I what? mean, does it look normal? It looks normal, but you've got the so the right ventricle is that one flap that covers like the whole almost the whole outside of the heart. Right. That's just it's twice as long as it should be, so it's really floppy. Yep. So it, it looks like your, normal. Your grandma's underarm. It kind of looks normal. <laughs> yeah. Grandma's doesn't underarm. smell normal. Dude, it's been in the freezer for over a so month. Yeah. You're now in, it does. You're asking <laughs> questions I can't <laughs> answer. I don't know, man. To each his own. Got a couple more in there. I might throw yeah. that one out to the yeah. dogs. Yeah. <laughs> it might be a safe bet. Yeah, he was texting me about that, and he was like, ah, fuck it. I'm going to make chili with it. Not Yeah, <laughs> not that I've ever heard anything that's tr- passed through animal to human. You know, they, they're they researching all that stuff and doing all that. None of that's happening. Right. So well, I, right. I'm not going to eat it raw. I know <laughs> yeah. that. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, cook it. But, yeah, no, I don't. I, don't I, I was sketched out when I grabbed it out of the deer. I was like, uh. Yeah. I don't want to waste it. Where was your shot? Was did your shot create that or no? Because it, if my shot would have created that, it would have had some ripping. 
Yeah, like true. there's there's no way to stretch it as far as it was yeah. without actually causing damage. Yeah, man, I don't know. Yeah, I love heart, but yeah, that makes me iffy. <laughs> so, I shot an antler doe this year. No way. Well, right, it's my second one. He likes hermaphrodites. No right, crazy, right? <laughs> same like same location? No. Nope. No. Wow. Yeah, one on about two hundred yards back that way. Must just be your your juju that they just follow you. Crazy, right? <laughs> well, like I mean, do you guys run into that at all? I've never seen it. No, I've not anything in the wild. I've never seen anything high fence. Never seen. It's crazy, man. So, so it's got to be a genetic thing. They you know breed I mean? healthy it's, deer, Brent. Healthy. <laughs> well, it, well, his nuts was the first one I shot. You know, she had his nuts, right? No, she <laughs> she it had uh, two fawns with it. It was right before dark, and I'm like, holy shit, that's got a spike. That's over three inches. That's illegal. But the, this last one I shot was more or less acting like a like a like a buck. He was in the it. what? Yeah, it. What do you what do you call it? The duck named Bo. The duck named Bo. <laughs> so the duck named Bo was. <laughs> Uh, right behind a doe, it was like it would have been, I think, kind of like right where that second rut might kind of kick off. Yep. But you know, you just don't know. Yep. I mean, he could have just been walking behind her. But it also didn't have balls. Well, I was gonna say it wasn't like it had because I've heard rumors of you know like bucks getting their nuts tore off, like jumping over yeah. a barbed wire fence or yeah. something, and then like they have testosterone issues. But yeah. it was nothing like that at all. Yeah. But it didn't. It didn't have uh, like tits. Yeah, like a doe would, like a milk sack or anything. Yeah. Did didn't have a dick, hmm. like no penis, no balls, no tits, and all that. Ha- and the only reason I knew it even had anything to like any kind of hole at all is just because a little bit. Of, you know, when you shoot them, they died. Like mm-hmm. a little bit of urine came out, mm-hmm. but it was just like a little, little tiny hole in there. It wasn't even like a proper uh, wow. snooch, wow, <laughs> vagina, whatever you want to call it. We'll go with snooch. We'll go with snooch. I like snooch, but. Yeah, crazy, right? I, but you guys never, never run into anything no. like that. No, uh-uh. No, it must I, be, must be, uh, the only thing is, man, it's got to be somewhere along the lines that's too close to. Would you think, I mean, I, I it's would. A, it's, a, it's a genetic thing. Bro, it's, inbreeding. It's inbreeding. For sure. Yeah, hands down. Yeah. The, too too close to the, Yeah, too close to the line. Somewhere along the lines, the lines got too close to lining up to something and just. One in a million. Well, isn't that the same? I see you've got pie balls on here. Yeah, this, yeah. This is a this is a good friend of mine. From so are, so are pie balls not inbred as well? You know, I'm not. I'm not very. Um, I don't have a lot of information on that. I don't. I don't. I can't fill you in on any of the pie balls. That's fair. Well. That's yeah. totally fair. For well, sure. I've just I've got a lot of them running around out here. Do you? Yep. yep. And the same property I shot that first antler doe, there's yeah. quite a few running around Bumps, out there, does, too. Both. Both. Nice. Well, yeah. Neighbor told me there was a buck this year. Last year, there was a doe. The year before that, there were two does. Yeah. You guys shooting them? Anybody? Is anybody shooting them? My, we're trying. I, I, I'm I, a full body mount. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um, it, you know, if it's happening in the wild, if it's happening in the high fence, it's because it's bred for it. Okay. If it's happening in the wild, the only thing that I can think of it is has to do with something along the lines of inbred or it's a recessive trait. It's a recessive trait that it's two in a million in the you know something like that in the wild. So it's like it has. I don't. I don't want to you know say has to be, but I would almost think that it would be to keep reoccurring like like even like this big buck you see behind me. You know, he's got the rhinos going on. Yeah, yeah. But he also had white hooves. Oh, really? Yeah. I mean, just, I mean, I, I would yeah. consider that a pie ball trade, yeah. right? Yeah. And I, that's the third, From fourth like buck. Ankle, ankle down? No, like the hooves themselves were just oh, white. Oh, really? Yeah, instead Not, of black. Wow. That was, the, that was the third or fourth one I shot like that. Wow. Somebody painted his nails. Right, pretty much. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Years ago, we saw the first one was a as a button buck. Yep. Little pie ball. We had no idea about what they were. You know, cool man. Let's let him. Let's yeah. watch this little guy. Right. First year, uh, produced seven points. I mean, he was a little basket rack. Yeah. We both passed on him multiple times, hmm. and then he disappeared, as most you know year and a half bucks do. And uh, realized what they got going on, and oh, girls, let's go chase them girls. Right, so. right. 
third year we started seeing does with the same thing. So then we started actually doing some research into it and we're like, oh shit, that's not good. It's like we, we were just talking about earlier, recessive yeah. trait. And uh, so my brother shot, he was the only one that actually shot like one of them that looked like that. And it was a, it was a small doe. Yep. I mean, they're beautiful. They, they are pretty, yeah. man. They really are. Since then, man, since we let that one pass, like I can't, you know, like this, this one, like I said, he's got rhinos for those who don't know who it is, what it is. Basically, their, their snout is crooked. We've had tumors. We've had some with three legs. We've had some with extreme underbites, extreme overbites. Just but not surviving. healthy deer. They're surviving. The but will, just, they have a strong will to live. I mean, Oh, my goodness. I like think we can all attest to Three-legged yeah. or, I mean, they're strong. They're very, very How strong. many deers do you see people posting trail camp pictures with holes in their side? You know what I mean? There are yep. arrows sticking out of their yep. faces, and they just... Yep. Just keep on trucking, man. I shot one with a 35 caliber round last year, and it just kept going right through the shoulder. That's why I switched bullets, Bert. Right. Yep. Yep. So you know, it's uh, on the high fence side of things. They're you know they're strong. They're very strong animal, but you know it's a full time thing. I'm out there several times a day, several hours a day. You know, you're getting one on one with the with that animal. You're you know checking the health on the animal out there multiple times a day you know it's they're really strong and uh you know but you want to be able to catch something as soon as it happens you know you don't want to be three or four days into you know for example pneumonia game like if somebody's out there coughing or if somebody's got a droopy ear or somebody's a minor thing like eye boogers or snot running out of their nose you know just minor things that you can catch on days before like oh shit she's not getting up and then I got to go get her up, and it's like she's just drooling. It's like, oh, shit, it's past the point of right time to run her in the barn and now play catch-up, you know, when it's like I could have seen this three days ago and treated her three days ago. She could have been on her second or third treatment trying to right. kick this, you know. So it's, it's a full-time thing. They're really strong, but they just, you know, it's what, what I put into it, you know, just like – you're basically like a, a parent to these deer then yeah you know it's just like you know just uh you know just like having cattle or you know anything it's it takes responsibility you know, a dog you know anything. right even yourself it takes self-care you know and then like we talked about earlier when they get dependent on you you know it's like hey He's pulling in. Let's, you know, we'll run right, up a meter right. at the gate. Well, the, well, people see, like, with feeders, yeah. which you shouldn't be using in Michigan anymore. No, no. But, but you know, no different than, you know, no different than a house dog. You know, when, when you come home at the end of the day, they're excited to see you. You know, it's like, hey, Fido, how you doing? So how does that mess with you when you sell them off to go to a farm? and it, You know, um, haven't sold any off yet, but like we said earlier you know when one door closes if i sell one i'm able to get another one you know I, you can't keep your numbers too high at the end of the day that's what you're trying to do is make money yeah sell you know so you everything's got a price the price of the one that you care for the most compared to the price that of the one you don't care you know it, it varies but no. every everything's got a price the one know? that's a little shithead that's yeah, the one that just, running does when it's not supposed yeah, to yeah you know and the thing is with with the whitetail it's such a herd animal and what i mean by that is if one is doing it five are doing it if five are doing it 10 of them are doing it you know so they're 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 a herd animal they're they're always herded up together and that goes back to the low stress of the whole herd in its own is we we bottle feed our fawns in the spring. And the reason that we bottle feed our fawns is to lower their stress is so they're okay with us. Mm-hmm. So, you know, when we go out there, we have to, you know, we have to handle those does. We have to run them in the barn for treatment. We have to run them in the barn for artificial insemination. We have to, you know, handle those deer, you know, to, to, to keep them healthy, you know, so right. bottle feed our bottle feed the doe fawns, um, which then they're all cool with everybody. You know, they're cool with the kids running around. They're cool with the lawnmower running around. They're cool with the Polaris coming out. They know it's got feed in the back, you know, so that when these five are nice and calm and cool, those five are nice and calm and cool. And then those five back there are nice and calm and cool. You know, it just goes on. It's just a, just a herd thing, which then 
It's the same as the that one doe that blows at you. It takes them all away. Oh, dude. Yeah. Yep. I got one the in the worst. pen like that. She... <laughs> 95% of the herd will come up to me, eat everything out of my hand, and she's just like a 20-footer, and it's like, nope, not cool with you yet. And it's just she'll make one movement, one stomp, one blow, one tail up, taken off, and it's like everybody sees that, and it's like, oh, nope, something's going on. Got to go. And it's like, I was just feeding all you fuckers out of my hand, and I just <laughs> took off. It's all because of you. You know, they're just a herd, you know, just – just a big time herd animal. So you know they, they taste really really good. There's you a market solve for that. Your, solve yeah. your issue. There. There's a market <laughs> for that. You know that if if there's an injury or you know you got a doe that knock on wood breaks a leg or two or something just absolutely freakishly happens. Unless you're dearly connected to her, there's a market for that. You know, just like if you lose a cow. With chronic waste and disease kind of showing it's, I guess you've only been in the business for three years. So. Yeah. You know, a lot of people have their different views on CWD. Um, the cool thing with the deer, the captive deer herds is the state of Michigan is is trying their butts off to do anything. They want to help. They'll do anything to help. They'll pay for testing. They'll, <clears throat> they're getting to where CWD, they're genetically getting rid of it. So what they're trying to do is they'll test hmm. your deer for this certain genetic. And if that has that resistance in there, you know, it takes the value of that animal. That's interesting. Yeah. They're, the state of Michigan is, is busting their butt. But everything, all the deer high fence are blood tested for, um, you know, bovine tuberculosis, chronic wasting disease. Um, the tests are oh the, that they can they can do a live test or are you just talking looking test. for that resistance yeah blood tests it's all They're resistant all, genetic yep all through like um, tissue sample so like hair or anything so well they could do a live test for CWD they just got to pull a lymph node yeah right they can which if you have the deer that you can put under that's not hard to do right. they biopsy lymph nodes on people all the time oh yeah I guess you're right yeah. It's scientific, man. It's the CWD world, the 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 testing world. You know, hats off to the state of Michigan. So, all the deer, we're all registered through the Department of Natural Resources, and then we all have to follow the testing through the Michigan Department of Agriculture, which is the the CWD, the tuberculosis, um, all of that. So you're answering to a few different people for a few different things. You're answering to the you know the Department of Natural Resources for you know captive questions. Everything's here. My fence is good. This and that. Nothing's coming in, nothing's going out. Um, you know, the Department of Agriculture, you're doing your disease testing, your genetic testing, you're doing, you know, the scientific stuff. So, I mean, it's it's a scientific world out there in the in the whitetail. So it's not just the the MDNR that are doing the testing for your TB and your CWD. Yep, it's... That's who it is. Yep, the the Michigan Department of Agriculture. Yep. Right. I was talking the Michigan DNR. The Department of Agriculture is getting it as well. Yeah. Yep. So, the, um, you know, it, it's, a, it's a lot of work, but as long as you stay on these people's good side, mm-hmm. you know, it's... I mean, it's, it's worth it if they're finding a way to breed that resistant genetic. Yeah, for sure. Yep. I mean, that's like... That's a dim light at the end of a tunnel that nobody oh, yeah. saw the end of. Yeah, yep. right. Yeah, no doubt. And like even even for the big breeders in Texas, a lot of the guys are automatically just getting them genetically tested for that resistance genetic. To, I mean, that boosts the sale and everything. If you're buying semen from a um, a resistant buck, sure. Then if I'm testing my does on my farm and I'm putting them in resistant does, sure. You know, so. It's a light, you know, it's a light at the end of the tunnel. It's a, it's a weird game, the CWD, you know, and the EHD and it's an odd thing, but. Is there any transportation regulations as far, even within the state that you got to abide by now because of that? Yeah. Like if I was to say you had your high fence operation and I was to sell you a deer and, um, you know, Hey Brett, see you next week. 
um, I would actually have to get that okayed. I would have to get a permit, have to do all of this stuff in order to even do that. So we're not really running on our time. We're running on air time. And, and then even if I'm able to bring anything out of my fence, if I'm following those um, disease test requirements and I'm following those regulations, if uh, that even allows me to do that in the, you know, in the first place. So you just got to cross your T's and dot your I's you know, to, to be able to do what you want to do. If you had a deer test positive or chronic wasting disease as, as highly contagious as it is, like what would that mean for your deer herd? So what that would do is they, um, they would, they'll quarantine that deer, basically just pull that deer from the herd and watch that deer. Um, just see if that goes uphill, downhill, see how it goes, but they're not going to come out and wipe out my whole herd. Each deer that we're noticing in that end, we'll just quarantine that deer from the herd, not necessarily come out and wipe out my whole herd because we don't really know that they're all the problem. You know, if we just right. get the one problem out of there. So is it because they don't know as much about it is like scabies and sheep or? Yeah, I guess. Yeah. You know, they're trying. Because with, I know with scabies and sheep. It's scrapies. Yeah. Scrapies. Sorry. Scrapies. They'll just wipe the whole herd. Yeah. No more. They won't do that in the deer world. I mean, it's... They're using it more of a, yeah. a learning experience, yeah. trying to figure yeah. out let's where this is going to yeah. go. Let's see if... Yeah, let's see. Let's see what we can do and see if we can... Do you know if they've found any deer that live with it? Um, I don't know. Or beat it, Pass per se? Yeah. Well, that's, what, that's what's tough, man, is because yeah. it takes like four to five years to yeah. kill it, you know, yeah. ultimately. And there's a... And even then, like once they start to show any kinds of symptoms of it like it makes right. them pretty it could be vulnerable, years down the road you know? yeah so i mean they could they could carry it and not even show symptoms of it you know so so last year i had a eight point late doe season come out and he was just walking in circles real tight circles right up against a little tiny hill on the edge of a tree line Mm-hmm. Yeah, like dude got his bell rung, but <laughs> clearly didn't. He's in the middle of a damn bean field. Yeah. Is that one That's of what they the... call that zombie deer? You know, they yeah, one of the two, EHD, CWD, one of the two, but yeah. Okay, so something he, along that he line. definitely had something wrong. Something, yeah, he had a wasn't just a long well, party and it was just I mean, do you know how long it takes for EHD to kill a deer? Nope. Because he used to late doe season, so it had been pretty cold, which means that that's pretty oh, yeah. much under control. There was six point. inches of snow on the ground for a while. Yeah. It was December. Yeah. Did you notify? Did you notify the DNR or did no? Did no because um, somebody I'm related to was a fucking idiot and tried to shoot it and put it out of its misery without a bow. They tried to use a gun. I will not name them because it's not legal and they will go to jail. But he knows better now. Did the deer survive? He missed. Oh. <laughs> So it survived? Yes. Okay. Have you seen it since? Nope. nope. No. Hmm. Nope. Took off and that was it. Hmm. Must have snapped it back to reality. <laughs> One wow, can babe. only hope. Yeah. Better it made it down to the damn waste treatment plant <laughs> right. and died. Yeah. Maybe. God. So how often do you run into these disease problems though, you know? Like where you have to quarantine animals. Knock on wood, haven't. Um, with... with with the vaccinations, you know, we're, we're vaccinating them, you know, for respiratory. Um, you, you stay up on your medicines. You stay up on the care. I mean, it's no different than us. We take care of ourselves. We're not going to get sick. You know, knock on wood, so to say. Right. But if we're going out in the cold with no jacket on, there's a better chance of us getting sick, you know. So just, you know, the, the care of the animal, the time with the animal, you know, just takes a lot of time. If you don't mind me asking, how much are you selling these giant bucks to these ranches to? You know, so the thing is, is um, the ranch has to make their money too, right? Mm-hmm. So, like, they might buy a deer from from me for $5, but they're going to sell it for $10 because they got to make their money back, right? Right. So, you know, when you're looking at those high, when you're looking at those ranch hunts, you're looking at, you know, bottom dollar, 20 grand per deer. You know, so if they're, if they're, if they buy it from me for 10 
and then take it up there and they got somebody coming from Ohio that's going to pay or somebody coming from Chicago or somebody coming from New York that sits in a cubicle all day that wants mm. to pay 25 grand for this deer. Jesus. You know, so it's it's uh there's a lot of money. I I remember Robert from Legends up there telling me a story that there was this guy up there um spent 6 days 6 days up there and shot 13 deer. Holy shit. Yeah. Bottom dollar was 20 grand. So they obviously don't have to oh, follow dear. the normal uh, regulations. No, yeah. You just, we're, uh, I mean, for those that aren't from Michigan, we're only allowed to shoot yeah, only two bucks. Two, yeah. So, no, yeah, you're, you're, um, shoot what you can pay for. You know, get that. Josh, guy. you look like you're about ready to explode. 13 deer at $20,000. Just stock to $60,000. Yeah, yeah, just, you know, just stock to trophy room somewhere. You got, you got 13 heads coming back. You just, that is ridiculous, you just stocked man. your. I hope that person gets kicked in the balls once a year yeah. for the rest of his life. Yeah, you know, got the money to go. You know, it's like, look at but, all these deer I shot at one time. Yeah, on a ranch. Yeah, yeah, but you know, on the ranch side of things, hey man, get that guy a drink, another box of ammo, right? Who's taking him out tomorrow? <laughs> you know, so hey, if you've got the quarter of a million dollars to drop in a week, do it. More power to you, bud. Yeah. You're the wrong line of work. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's, I mean, just from... You know, like, there, there's, not to cut you off, but, like, there's, you know, roughly 600,000 deer hunters in the state, you know, so there's, I mean, there's deer dying. High fence. There's a lot of deer dying high fence, you know, and, and when you're bringing those guys, like when, when Robert up there is, is loading that lodge full of out-of-towners, man, you're bringing money to that town. You're bringing money to that local liquor store. You're bringing money to that taxidermist or to that meat market that's cutting that deer that that guy can't fly back with and fit in his suitcase, you know? So it's like you're bringing money to the town. You're bringing money to the state of Michigan. And then when they did the whole bait ban, I know it dropped a lot from like 600,000 to 420 some thousand deer hunters in the state of Michigan. So it's like, yeah. there's a lot, there's a lot of deer dying in the state of Michigan, you know? So the, the market is, I mean, keep them growing. Right. So on these, uh, these high fence operations, you don't have to go and buy a Michigan state tag, do you? I don't know how that works. I don't know if your initial money into it would cover your state tag. You know what I mean? Because well, they're, they're paying well, so much. Well, shooting 13 deer in right, that's one season. There's got to be. Yeah, there's got to be fine lines somewhere. You know, it's a it's a high-fetch ranch. Right, so. that's what I'm saying. I wonder if they even consider it a season or if it's just you have an operation where they can come in and basically pay to shoot the deer. Yep. Do what I mean, they you, want. You said that you hand feed your deer, so it's obviously Doe does. Does. The does. And that's that's the thing is is we didn't really get into that. The reason why you don't uh bottle feed those bucks is because you know, at the end of the day, they might not stay around. You know, so you don't want to send one up to the lodge and then have it follow some dude out of the gate and then now it's running down the highway. And then we all lose out, you know, it's like, okay, that makes more sense. You know, because the, the, the bucks, their attitude changes. I mean, we all know we've all seen deer, the bucks attitudes will change. The does attitudes will change, but on, on the high fence side, I control like with the whole inf artificial insemination, I control when I put them in heat, I control, so to say, when their attitude changes, when that buck, man, his attitude will change for months. You know, so when he's letting you in the gate, rubbing his head, playing around, feeding him, there could be a time where it's like, no, nah, man, we're not friends no more. And I'm not letting you in this gate. So then it's like, shit, I can't get in there and feed you anymore because you're not letting me in this gate. You're blocking me at this gate thinking we're playing. You got this massive 18-inch tines. I don't want to play with you no more. You know, so it's like, <laughs> this is just fun for me no more. Yeah, you just don't take the chance. Taking you know, my ball and I'm going home. Yeah, you just don't take the chance because then it's just let let your let your bottle feeding 
you know, let your does, let your does do the calming of the herd. You know, them, them bucks might not, not necessarily be bottle fed, but they will be 20 footers. You know, they'll see, they're such a herd animal. They'll right. see these 15 that are sitting here just tail wagging, getting fed. Hey, what's going on up there? You know, they'll be 20 footers. They're not going to be hand feeders or head scratchers, but they'll be 20 footers. Well, that's, you know, I was so. just curious because you, you know, they sell them to ranches once in a while. Yep. I don't know how many people want to go and shoot a bottle-fed deer. No, yeah, no. And they still have to be a little bit wary. Yep. But, you know, and you take the chances. Um, there's a few guys that, that do bottle-feed bucks, um, you know, because you're trying to get that low stress. You're trying to get him to to pop out a 326-inch yearling rack. You know, so you want that. you want that low stress. You want that. Hey, I'm cool with him. I don't have to run to the other side of the pen. He's okay. Right. And oh yeah, that four wheeler, it's okay. It doesn't hurt me, you know. So I'm gonna just lay here, you know. So it just goes goes back to their whole stress level. But yeah, you don't Man. don't bottle feed the bucks just because you know their attitudes will change. How many how many of those high fence ranches do you sell to in the state? So there's a lot in the state. Um <laughs> I haven't sold to any yet, but you know, it's because Legends is the only one that yeah, Legend. I, I mean, know Legends about. has the the clients. You know, they they are pumping them out of there. I don't know how many they shot, but hundreds of deer last year. I mean, just can't get enough. I mean, the state of Michigan, they're just the deer. There's a need for deer. And it's just good for the deer farms. You know, the market in the state of Michigan is just booming right now. I had about 40 of them in the field down the road. You can have them. They were, I, they were there last was, night. Yeah, when I was pulling up here, there was uh, two or three of them crossing the road. Me and him were just sitting there before you got here, and we watched, what, nine? Yeah. Yeah. Across the street here. Yeah. Out there. Yep. Just yep. big old does. Yep. Got to get some good does. You'll get they're some all good up. Yeah. Well, you got plenty of good does. Yep. They're all pre- hopefully pregnant right now, so they're all plenty. Uh, we had some late breeding this year. Yeah. Yeah, I, I got one in uh, December that she had just been bred. Yep. Like, almost graphic, you could tell. December. Oh, Five Finger Betty. Late December? Oh, it was December 17th? Yeah. Mid-December? Yeah. Somewhere in there? Yeah. Not to be graphic, but yeah, they they get really swollen there. Oh, what was yeah. the word there? Snooch? Yeah, yeah, it gets really, really, really swollen when they come into heat. I mean, you got to think because, dude, you got this big old buck jumping on you. He doesn't have a 10-inch, you know. Right, 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 right. You know, so, yeah. Easy target. Yeah, yep. They get all all swollen up when they come into heat. And uh, usually they got two cycles. They'll come into heat um, around the second week in November and then – um, once they get out of that, about fourteen to sixteen days, they'll come back in their other cycle if they didn't if they didn't hit if they didn't right. take. So, yeah, it's uh. So um, before I forget, so and again, you might have already answered this, but when you're collecting the bucks, is there a specific time when you need to get it? No, because he, you know, just like an old Tom Turkey man, he's ready all the time. You know, really? that buck will be ready. As soon as they put the hard horn on, to as soon as they drop them antlers, they'll knock one down. Now, I'm ready. So those does come into their cycle. Those does are like, yeah, man, I want you around now, or not, get away from me. But after yep. they drop, yep, until no, they're hard horned, yeah, you can't. No, you, you can. can. Yeah, you can collect them, but um, you know, you can you can so to say over collect them. You know, you don't want to wear them out but like if you're you know you knock one down and you collect them one time for example you could get 50 to 70 straws so i mean you're oh, sitting, you know you're sitting pretty and if you're breeding if you get four three solid shots four shots out of that straw you're breeding one straw to four does damn so when you got holy seven, shit. you know when you're when you're collecting 70 straws on one one little pop, you don't have to knock him down multiple times unless more of a man than know, I. Yeah, you know, unless you're unless you're, you know, the ace here just pumping him out. So what's the percentage of times it actually takes? You know, that really goes like uh, dude, it goes on their stress. 
if they're jacked up, they're not going to take. You know, it's like when you, I, I base a lot of things on their stress. You know, if, if they're stressed out to the max, just pacing the fence, never calming down, paying like crazy. Dude, her body's just not going to allow it, you know. But if you, if you, you know, you got to calm her and everybody's just out laying down, just, it's, you know, helps, right? the, helps the program. So stress, and stress wait, is a, a big thing. You just dart them? For what? To, to put them out to inseminate them? So actually we, um, we have a handling facility where we're able to actually run them in. And if we don't need to put the deer to sleep, say if we need to just administer, administer like some antibiotics, if we got to um, put some iodine on a cut or do something along the lines of where it's not going to take putting the deer to sleep, um, what we did is we built a handling facility. So we're able to run our deer into the barn and put them in like a handling chute and administer that, you know, fix that problem, give them the medicine, and then a minute later, they're out the door. Compared to putting them to sleep, you know, they're asleep for a half hour. You're waiting 15 minutes for them to wake back up. You're, you know, it's an hour or several hours compared to, yeah, you know, just run them in and give them the shot and out they go. So you don't really have to do a dart. That's when you turn on the Marvin Gaye and get the candlelight. Yeah, right, no, right. so actually, really yeah. You set the mood. Yeah, no, yeah, yeah, right. You sound like my friends. Um, <laughs> um, yeah, so no, we'll run them in. We'll run them in the barn, and we just got a little four-by-four four boxes. Everything is completely dark, um, no windows, no nothing like that. And when they're in a completely dark area, they just kind of, like, freeze. Just try to – you can't see me. I'm hidden. Okay. So when we run them in, we'll run them in the barn and then just kind of pinch them and we'll just kind of reach around and give them a shot, give them a tranquilizer shot, and then just shut the door. They'll fall asleep in, in the barn. We'll wheel them out. The vet crew is there. Um, and basically the vets, you know, take over from there. They're, you know, shaving their, shaving their hair off their stomachs. They're um, cleaning their stomachs, going in laparoscopic and, you know, putting the, the semen in there. And it's a... Oh, wow. It's a, you know, it's a, a process of minutes. So it's... She I gets got, all the responsibility and none of the yeah. fun. Yeah. I'm sure you guys use a very small group of vets to do this, right? Yeah. Yeah. Here's some pictures. So what we'll do, <laughs> we just run them in, put them to sleep, wheel them on these stretchers. They'll come over, shave their bellies. It's like a deer gynecologist. Yep. And then what they'll do, she's over here pulling the semen out of the frozen tank, checking the semen... She's getting everything ready. They're all tipped upside down. They're all cleaned off. And then basically just go in there laparoscopic and Dude, can you send me some, that can you send me some well. of those pictures? Yeah. yeah. You know, she's we'll in put there them on our page. A, she's in there with a scope and then she's pushing the semen. She's in there with one hole, checking it out, and then she's placing it right where it needs to be. Right on the egg. Right, right there. You know, and they're pregnant when they leave the barn. Dude, that is nuts. So, yeah. I almost feel bad for him. I know. That is efficient. Wow. Yeah. Tip them upside down, all their, all their guts and everything into their diaphragm, and then it's something to watch. I mean, they're poking, filling them up with air. Fill, they fill up their belly with air, and they get all puffed up, and they get in there. And, I mean, she's, dude, done it for years, years, years. I mean, she's my mom's age and i mean they're just sweet ladies it's a team from canada so it's a vet team from they're based out of canada and texas and uh boy that's a stretch yeah right yeah they uh <laughs> dude it goes from like she was telling me stories they artificially inseminate honeybees what horse, uh, yeah horses i mean pitch they've done it all like yeah a bee a, does yeah. she have any kids Right. <laughs> yeah. No, it's a I mean Did you do this the old fashioned way yeah. or take matters into your own hands? Yep. No, it's it's uh it's really scientific stuff, so I don't think we can talk to them, Brent. I might offend them. Get smacked like a little child. <laughs> yeah, check that out, Brett. I mean she's in there with a scope and then the Dude, that is insane. It looks like and dude, and I mean, so, okay. So just for the for the audio only people, and we're gonna post these pictures. If if you send them to me, I'll yeah, post them on yeah. our page. 
it looks like what do they call them things? The inverter tables, teeter hangups. Yeah, yeah, yeah like the yeah the upside down tables. Yeah, it, yep. it looks like a deer is in one of those. For sure. <laughs> yep. Everybody with doctor scrubs on. Yeah, dude, that like, is crazy. Yep. I mean, she's she's there checking the semen, pulling the semen out of the tank, making sure the semen is alive, swimming, good to go. I mean, they're not just going to place. shooting blanks. Yeah, not putting junk semen in there. I mean, you're spending multiple thousands on these straws. Do you have many that do that where they shoot blanks, per se? Yeah, yeah, but they don't necessarily put them in the loop. Like, if, if, if you're collecting this buck and it's just junk, man, just throw it away. Oh, right. right. But I'm just saying, like, if you had, like, what you would, you would describe as a breeder buck. Yeah. Right. And then you bring them in and you collect them, you're like, oh, shit. Like he's shooting blanks. Yeah, it's reality. You know, if he shoots blanks once, is he gonna? Is he always gonna shoot yeah, blanks? Hard telling. Lower his stress, cool down the environment that all that stuff sits in. Yep. It's a strike system, you know. One three strikes, you are out, yeah, son. Yeah. You know, and that's the thing is with with these does, you know, we're we're artificially breeding these does, and they're not taken. I mean, you don't you don't take two years in a row. So it, we're, we're you know it's a. At what age do you start breeding the does? Year and a half old. Year and a half old. Yeah, so they go on two. They're they're dropping fawns at two years old. Okay. Yeah, they're dropping their first fawns at two years old. A and lot of the guys. Um, is that? I'm, I don't mean to interrupt you, but is that normal for the wild too? Year and a half. No, because the uh, doe fawns will come in heat. They'll come into heat their first year and take. Yeah. Yeah. Like a weanling. Yeah. Well, the Six re- months old. Yeah. The reason I asked that is because yep. behind the house here, there was a doe and a little one that kept showing up. That doe wasn't much bigger than the yearling. That yep. Yeah, she'll was. come into heat. Yep. Wow. And the, the buck fawns will uh, produce the testosterone on their first year, too, if they produce a big enough button where they're able to... Um, if it's big enough and it produces, you know, if it calcifies and produces a hard horn, they'll protest testosterone in their body too so well the chances be, of them actually breeding though are pretty low right i mean as far as competition goes i mean they're gonna get their yeah if they're this big trying to hop yeah, ratio yeah for sure True. yep you know and it's if 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 she's in heat she'll let you it's what they do like reverse side if a buck was to breed a a fawn a, a, a coming yearling you know a, a weanling fawn you know, that's no different than an elementary kid having a baby. Their body's not ready for it. Their body can't produce and do everything. So the, the chances of that fawn, the chances of it not being multiples, the chances of it being a single with a birth effect or something along that lines, I mean, it's just a given, you know, so. That little one that was with that particular doe I was talking about looked pretty normal, I guess. I mean, if the parts are there, what's to stop it? Yeah. No, absolutely. Just, man, that's just... I mean, you got to have the right ratio, you know, and the, you got to, you got to control your, your doe herd. Seven to one is not the right ratio. No, and it, very, and it's ridiculous very, out here right now. Yeah. There's you, a lot you of gotta, the You know, you got to control your doe herd. So got to, ha- got to have the right ratio, you know, got to have the one to one, one to two. And that's just how you get healthy yeah, deer. Yeah. Right. Yep. You know, I was always under the impression if you had too many does, that they the bucks don't got to get up and go find them because yeah. they're just everywhere yeah. so you're going to see less yep. bucks when you're out hunting yep. right yep. yeah the, uh, do you wait on the deer to collect the semen or year and a half just like the does so you you wait um because because he's outstanding as a yearling i mean it really depends you can you can trust the pedigree you can trust that he's got it genetically and and collect him because he's got the proven you know proven production in his genetics a lot of the guys don't collect the yearlings just because they don't really know what he's gonna it's not a showcase year showcase year is two three years old you know usually um, sell them off to the ranches at three four years old so a yearling if they pop out like that yeah it's super cool but Let's see them when they're two. You know, let's let's, right. let's start the collection. See if they go um, up or down. Yeah, but then it goes back. You know, it goes back to the you know the production man. If he's got it, if he's absolutely just got the papers, get a step up, collect him. If he's got the production, you can put offspring on the ground. You know, and then when he's two years old and he's got fawns on the ground already, and he's a spectacular two year old, it's like, hey, I got offspring out of him. You know, so they don't. You know, it's a gamble. Just like, just like any, right. you know, it's a, it's a gamble. Just like you know, putting a seed in the ground and hoping that it grows to 
have four ears of corn on this stock, you know, so it's a gamble. Yeah. It's farming. Same thing as cows. Yep. yep. Didn't realize quite how uh, industrious it was. Even that to the, I mean, scientific side, like, you know, I got a lot of good guys in the industry and they'll, they'll sit there and talk over my head. And it's like, yeah, man, I lost you. 20 minutes ago talking about embryos and, and flushing and, and, and this and that. It's like, yeah, man, cool. Glad to have you as a friend. <laughs> so, yep. We can pretty much wrap this thing up. Unless... No, I'm, I'm good. That's all I was curious on at the end there. Josh, we appreciate you hey, coming man, out here. Hey, no yes. problem. I appreciate so it. So awesome. Very I, uh, interesting. Yeah, you guys will have to come down and check out the farm. So, Oh, um, absolutely. Yeah, here. awesome, dude. Anytime. Come on down there. It's a lot of fun. So, I mean, it, it'll blow your mind that, man, the deer aren't that big. I mean, they're they're not very big when you're right up next to them. It's like, holy cow. It really takes it to another. Yeah, usually when I'm right there. up next to them, they're laying on the laying ground. Laying flat on the ground. <laughs> right. yeah. Cool. Everybody, we will talk to you next time.